Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the A Side Live Show here on MMAfighting.com. It is, of course, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. So I hope you're watching live. Uh, I am, of course, Jose Youngs, host of the A Side Live Chat. Joining us, Casey Lydon on the ones and twos per usual, but I am very excited to introduce we've only had one reigning champion ever on the show and that was when Elimelay McFarlane who was at the time was the Bellator flyweight champion of the world joined us but I am proud to say you've been asking for him back and he is here once again Big E reigning WWE intercontinental champion and noted mixed martial arts fan Big E sir how are you I'm good. Have people actually been asking about me, or is that just one of those things you say to, to be nice? No, man. People people do ask because I think lately, especially because I inter- I interviewed Israel Adesanya this past week before UFC 259, and we spoke about everything other than mixed martial arts. And people have said it was refreshing interviews, refreshing take. They want more of this content. They want non MMA fans or non MMA fighters on the show again. As two people brought you up. They thoroughly enjoyed your interview. We've had uh, Hurricane Hurricane was on the show at one point. He kind of went off on the characters of MMA. We've had a few uh, other wrestlers on the show, and but you specifically have the big WWE 24 on the network. Casey, I don't know if you saw it. If you haven't, go watch it. You have your project, Our Heroes Rock, that you're going right now. We can plug that later, of course. So, what better what time to get you back on the show? I appreciate it. And also coming off a big uh, UFC pay-per-view. I think on paper, yeah. one of the best cards in over a year, a couple years. I don't oh, know. 100%. It, it was, yeah. And I loved, not saying the main card was enjoyable for sure, but the prelims, my God, were outstanding. See? So I thoroughly Casey, you didn't have anything to worry about. He goes, because whenever we get a wrestler on or a non-MMA fighter or someone from like the our world from the outside, they're like, do you think they watched the prelims? Should we ask about the prelims? <laughs> yes. and, that? and I'm like, and I was like, Casey, I don't think you remember the last time, Biggie, you were on the show. I said, what are some of your favorite fights from, I think it was 2018, 2019. I can't quite remember the year. And you yeah. said, Brian Barbarana and Vicente Luque. And Luque. From, that point, from that point on, I was like, oh, he's in it. He knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> well, that fight was absurd. It was. I, yeah, of course. Of course. All right, there's, all right, a right, fun, there's a funny story about that fight where he came, Vicente Luque came back to do the interviews. And he said he, had, he still had blood all over his face. And he, yeah. his hair was all matted up. And he goes, hold on. The blood acts like hair gel. And he's like fixing his hair <laughs> with Brian Barbarina's blood. And I was like, oh, God, it's the most metal thing I've ever heard. I love it. I love it so much. Peace. But anyway, you guys know the drill. Any question you want in the world of mixed martial arts, ask away because we have an informed fan joining us this week. 
Jessica Crystal Crew. Uh, before before we begin the question, Jessica Crystal Crew is of course longtime listener. What are your thoughts on crystals and crystal healing, Biggie? Oh no, my man. Uh, isn't it? The, I know Jared Cannonier is a big crystal yes, guy, right? That's where it started. Uh, I so I I plead ignorance. I, I don't know enough. But like this, I'm much more in tune with like I meditate regularly now, I, yeah. you know, so I'm more open to to such things. I don't know enough. It seems weird to me, but I, that's me speaking ignorantly. So sure. I'm going to I'm going to withhold my judgment until I learn more. Well, we get the only reason we ask this and people that watch the show have heard the story a thousand times. Maybe you heard it, too. But Brian Kelleher is also a longtime proponent of the crystals. And he was fought Ode Osborne on, I think, UFC 246. He was on the prelims. I think he might have even been the fight past prelims. He asked me for a crystal that Jessica sent. I was supposed to hand him off a crystal after the weigh-ins. And I gave him a tiger's eye crystal, which we inevitably found out is supposed to increase monetary wealth and gain. That's what it's supposed to do. And two hours later, Claudio Gadele and Alexa Grasso falls off the main card. Brian Kelleher's fight gets bumped to the main card of a Conor McGregor fight card, and he wins the $50,000 bonus. So I'm not saying it wasn't the crystal, but it was 100% the crystal. It had to be the crystal. I might be in that just based on that story. Or Robert Whitaker likes to argue coffee over crystals. That was his argument for defeating Jared Cannonier. Mm. See, I don't drink coffee either, so I'm I'm missing out either way. There you go. I got to work on it. Two paths you can research. But anyway, thanks for the question, Jessica. We had to get that one out of the way. John De- Deegan, Dangan, I apologize for mispronouncing your name. New Day Rocks, of course. You know, we were just talking he we were just talking about Robert Whitaker, so let's bring up his question right now. There you go. Another question from John Deegan. Do you think the winner of Whitaker Costa matchup is kind of pointless now because Izzy lost on Saturday? Bobby Knuckles was already the obvious choice for Izzy's next middleweight title defense. So, yes, I think Casey and I both agree. If we're talking of deserving, Robert Whitaker already deserves the rematch. Israel Adesanya. I'm on the side of the – I'm on the train where Izzy and Robert Whitaker are the two best middleweights in the world. If they fight 10 times, it might be 50-50. Uh, I just think Robert Whitaker lost that one fight. It was a long layoff. He said he was burnt out going into that fight. And since then, he's rattled off two wins over number one contender. So, Big E, I'll start with you. Is Robert Whitaker the next logical matchup if he wins, if he beats Paulo Costa? And should they even be fighting? Does he already not deserve the title shot? I, MMA is not a meritocracy. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure that really matters. I, I do agree with you wholeheartedly that Bobby Knuckles deserves the, the next shot. But it's also interesting that Izzy has been talking about Darren Till who doesn't really deserve the next shot. But if Till rattles off another win, much like the Romero fight, if I recall correctly, the Romero fight happened because Izzy kept saying his name. And, you know, he's at a point now where he has enough clout and can kind of call the shot. So it seems, you know, it, it, it could be that if Darren Till gets a win, I don't know if he has a fight booked yet, and yeah. if Bobby Knuckles also has a win, that somehow Darren Till slides by Bobby, which uh, seems... A bit absurd right now. I think Whitaker is clearly the next one up. I don't know if people don't have as much of an appetite for it because he lost pretty resoundingly and it wasn't that long ago. But he also had a, a pretty solid run as champion. If we're talking about merit only, it's clearly Robert Whitaker. I don't think the Costa fight needs to happen. I'd rather see, like, I'd be cool with a Costa Till or a Costa Cannoneer, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, it's this weird area where I think we all know who deserves it. But, you know, uh, Izzy's kind of, you know, pushing it in another direction. Yeah, if you look at the upcoming middleweight fights, you got Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland, I believe, went 5-0 and last year. Is, he has some sort of issue with Izzy. I guess they ran into each other, and uh, he called him out after his fight. Israel Adesanya said he's a little far down the road. He's already knocked out Derek Brunson. He's already knocked out Robert Whitaker. He's already knocked out Paulo Costa. And then Marvin Vittori is scheduled to fight Darren until next. He's already beaten Marvin Vittori in the second fight. So the only one of those fights, the only two fighters he hasn't fought coming up is Kevin Holland and Darren Till. He already said Kevin Holland's a little far down the path. I also don't really favor Kevin Holland against Derek Brunson. So if Darren Till wins and Robert Whitaker wins, I have a feeling Izzy's going to fight Darren Till because he really, really wants to fight him. But he also says if we're talking about deserving, that's another argument. Casey, where do you fall on this argument right now of who should fight Izzy next? Is this a main event? Is yeah. That's a main event? All the middleweight fights coming up are main events. Yeah, yeah I don't – I – yeah, I don't like this fight because what if Costa wins? What are you gonna do? Um, I just right. I, yeah, it's a cool fight because I like seeing top level guys punch each other. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just on it. I mean, Whitaker already earned a shot. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I just don't. I don't like it. But Whitaker Costa like, I don't is like a lot of things. But here I am. Whitaker. <laughs> Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. Paulo Costa is the same night as Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Oh God! Don't get me started yeah, on no. that. Oh. Uh, but the uh, it's interesting. I don't I don't know if there's much of an appetite for it. But Vittori was a he got a, he got a card. He won one card against yes. uh, Israel, and uh, the wrestling it was something that he did pretty well. Then of course this was what I think 2018, 19 yeah. at at the latest. So this was a little while ago. But but Vittori's been on a nice run. So it would be interesting to see if Vittori can pick up another win. And possibly, so I, I, he might be two wins away, but that fight does intrigue me. But um, I, I don't think it has the same appetite. With, with, with MMA fans, at least casuals, no one knows who Marvin Vittori is. But it, it's mm -hmm. a great fight on paper. Yeah, Marvin, to his credit, took that fight against Jack Hermanson. On, uh, he was scheduled for the card anyway. I think he's supposed to fight Jacques Array. And then who got who's supposed to be the main? Oh, Darren Till was supposed to fight Jack Hermanson. Till got hurt. Vittori stepped up and won, fought five rounds and won easily. So, yeah, if he wins, probably one more. I think they got to see what happens because if Costa and Vittori wins and win, they probably got to fight. They probably right. have to fight next, and Izzy can wait for it to play out. But let's see these fights play out first because, as I always say, both men have to make the get into the octagon before this fight is official. Remember what happened to Chaz Skelly. He walked into the octagon, and his fight still fell apart. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. A man standing in the octagon, and somehow his fight doesn't happen. The closest we got was uh, Kevin Holland and Trevin Giles. Kevin had his hands wrapped, and he was going to walk out second, and Trevin Giles passed out on the back. So twice this has happened. We've also had fighters weigh in and still not make the fight for COVID reasons. So let's get to the fight first before we can fantasy match make. But thank you for the question. What is our next one, Casey? I'd also like to say I'm very happy that Bobby Knuckles' nickname has now overtaken. I agree. The, which, the, which Reaper? The, yeah, the Reaper? The Reaper. Uh, it's 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 a way better nickname than the Bobby Reaper. Knuckles. That sounds so better. Yeah, it's, it's so shout good. Out to, yeah, shout out to our friends at the Co-Main Event Podcast, Ben and um, Chad. They're the ones that kind of trademarked that. The the unfortunate thing with that is Robert Whitaker's logo that he has, like the RW that with all that he sells merch on, has the scythe of like a Grim Reaper. 
So he's already kind of down that path. No, no, like, like, like Alistair Overeem, he used to be like the demolition man. Yep. You know, he had the big hammer. He, he became Uberim and everything. So, you know, you... And then he became grow. the Reem. The Reem, yeah. You know, Josh Barnett was the baby, the baby face assassin. Then became the yep. war master. So mm-hmm. good for Robert Whitaker to accept these changes. Change is good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's my hot take. That's, that's all I got. All His, right. uh, have you ever listened to Robert Whitaker's uh, podcast? Grange TV, I think it's unbelievable. And his co-host once uh, was for a long time was trying to get Robert Whitaker's nickname to be the biracial angel. <laughs> I, you know what? I know I'm going off of nicknames a bit, but I want to say that that is a big issue with Jan Black, Jan Blachowicz. Jan Blachowicz. Jan Blachowicz. Yep. He has no nickname. Polish that, power, baby. That, but that's not. It's not. That, that's like a thing you. That's not really a nickname. He has Polish power, but sure. maybe it should be his nickname. But I'm, I'll I'm bring it up in the next. I'll bring it up in his next fight because Glover Deshare also doesn't have a nickname, and they're supposed to fight. Yeah, these guys are like they've been fighting for like fifty years. Come on. Yeah, right. yeah. If, if we're talking nicknames, I think uh, Luis Pena's violent Bob Ross is, is yeah maybe that's the best. The goal, in the right? It's up there. Uh, yeah, that's way up there. It's the point where I've interviewed him, and he's like, people think my name is Robert. Like they don't know his real name. They're like they'll see him and be like Rob, Bob. He's like, you talking to me? Fun guy. I'm hoping for for Whitaker. Like people are like, like how are you doing, Mr. Knuckles? You know, I want I want want that to happen. (laughs) Right. There you go. Big dream. Thank you for the question. All right. Um, got some. Here we go. From Reddit, I'm actually incredibly curious what ease takes are on MMA are on MMA are. Hopefully, they're not shit ones. Well, <laughs> as you've heard, he is an informed fan, sir. But I, I think the they're decent takes. I, yeah. I, I, I know there are fans <laughs> that don't watch all the prelim fights, and this cat does. I, I, yeah. I, I gotta say, I was, I was like, hey, Jose, do we just is this just gonna be Conor McGregor questions for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I, I love watching the prelims yeah. too. So I, I think I think they started this past weekend at what, like five fifteen or something. So I yeah. I made sure to to clear my schedule. Sat down. The nice part with you, we used to be on the road like every Saturday, so I'd be at the gym trying to catch the prelims. Or I'd have to watch when I got home. But the nice part is with everything slowing down with the pandemic is I'm, I'm home on Saturdays. So that's the highlight of my Saturdays. And, man, we've had, what, at one point, I don't remember what the streak was, but we were getting a card every single week. They did a few Wednesday cards, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was until, like, the end of the year we got a little bit of a break. But We had a card. It was after the first Fight Island card, which had the triple title fight headliner, which it was uh, – that was the Masvidal Usman one that started it. <laughs> And then they had uh, Whitaker and Till, and then they had Figueredo Benavides too. And then when they got back, there was like I think a week or two break. And then they had the first Apex card, which was uh, Woodley and Burns. And then from that point on, we went all the way through December every single week because they had to fit them all in a week. And then we had a couple breaks coming back from Fight Islands and such. But yeah, you're not wrong. It's been a lot of you, and it was UFC was the only game in town for a while because Bellator, PFL, Invicta, and everyone were holding on. Wait, wait wait till April rolls around. That's when Bellator starts kicking off, and Bellator's got awesome cards coming up. I think the first week of Bellator, the main event is going to be Rumble versus um, Romero. So, uh, so just just throw away your weekend. Just you're going to be yeah. Just throw it away. 
I love that we get that in the first round too. Like they didn't 100%. they didn't mess around yeah. and try to book it for the fight because you never know. They're they're not young, so I love that. That's a first round matchup, man. I'm in. Yeah, we get two weeks of no UFC in April. The first two weeks of April, I think. But during that span, PFL kickstarts next season and Bellator returns. So yeah, there's for everyone that got used to only UFC. Sorry about it. Jose, I'm, I I'm I'm so happy this this gentleman Biggie is on the show. The fact told that, you the fact that he even knew about the tournament and like the the way they didn't book they put him in the same side of the bracket and everything. Sir, you make me so happy. That, you <laughs> told you, My man. pleasure. My pleasure. You're right, Jose. You're right. I, I don't know why. You know what? Sorry, this fight circus part due. That that is my troll account. I'm sorry. I put my own comment up here. There you go. <laughs> Did you watch Fight Circus, Big? No. Oh, do you know what Fight Circus is? No, I'm I'm out of the loop. Oh my god. So our own Jed Mishu is probably kicking his chair right now. So uh fight, don't search Fight Circus on a public computer because a certain <laughs> a certain site that elicits adult content is the one that put it together. Okay. Um, and they put on this crazy, it was like pro wrestling meets MMA where they did a three on one fight where they had like two, they had like a big guy versus a small guy and then two guys off the street. So it was a three on one. They did a Rochambeau fight where it was only leg kicks. So it was a fight with only leg kicks. <laughs> right. They had a, a spinning, spinning fight, shit yeah, only yeah. fight. They had a spinning shit only fight. So you could only throw spinning back kicks and spinning elbows and everything. And then of course, at the end, you know Bob Sapp made an appearance to call out the winner of the main event. So, of course, go watch Fight Circus 1 and 2. When Just block off a whole day, and you'll be sucked in. Yeah. All right. I think I'm in. I got some time <laughs> today, so I'm in. And remember, uh, when, you look, when you watch it, incognito browser. Just saying. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Borrow your friend's computer. Uh, All, right. All those pop-ups. God dang it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Oh, it's a big question. Oscar or no Oscar from MMG2K20 on the site. Some MMA media were very quick to suggest that there was absolutely no chance that Aldo could have acted hurt. Though I personally believe that he was hurt for real, and I'm a huge Aljo fan. I don't completely dismiss the idea that he could have acted. Even Josh Thompson and Big John suggested it. Aljo was exhausted. Don was tripping him up and taking him over. Had Aljo lost, he could he would have had to go on another run of beating killers to get another title shot. Now this now now his next fight is a guaranteed championship fight and it gets pay-per-view points. He is a prize fighter after all. So can you really guarantee there are absolutely no tactical acting involved? So we're gonna use this question, just talk about the Aljamain Sterling Peter Yan fight. I was there, the media the 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 whole wind from the media room just got sucked out because that was the fight everyone had circled, fight possible fight of the night, possible fight of the year. A bunch of media were even standing up, like watching it and like kind of like doing like, you know, getting into it. So when you're watching this fight e, and you see the illegal knee from Peter Yan just blast Aljamain in the face, what's your initial thought? My, my thought was as a fighter, I was confused as to why he was even asking his corner if it was legal or whatever, whatever conversation was going on there. I found confusing. Uh, so that was very odd for me. I'm still unsure what was going on there. I know the reports that I think DC said Khabib was there and said that one of uh, Jan's cornermen said to throw the knee. So I, I don't know exactly what happened. My thing with the, with the acting or whether he's not acting is I don't think the onus should be on the fighter. I think, and I think the rule needs to change and it should be 
if the illegal need, the referee needs to make a decision on whether the fighter can continue or not, or should continue. I think it shouldn't matter whatsoever if uh, Aljamain was acting or if he wasn't. I, I feel like it's odd. Same thing, you know, people talked about the, the Anthony Smith fight too with, with Bones, where he could have won a title. And that's that's a whole nother conversation too, because, you know, we do a lot of weird things in pro wrestling, but one of the things I think we get right is a title should not change hands with a DQ. I don't know if that means the title's now vacant. I'm not sure exactly. I, I feel it feels so wrong that Aljamain is wearing a title now after DQ win. I think that's problematic. And I think the fact that the fighter has to decide whether they can continue or not, I think you put that in the hands of the referee or of the doctor. I think to have the fighter be in a position where he almost has to perform, because let's say Aljamain comes back and says, I can continue, but maybe he's not out from the knee. Maybe he's not concussed. But he's damaged by it. And now you put this onus on a guy who you, you expect to be a warrior, to be a fighter, and now you expect him to fight for another round or more, depending on the circumstance. And he's, you know, he's behind the eight ball a little bit because of this knee. So I think that whole system needs needs to be tweaked and looked at because uh, it's, it's just uh, you shouldn't put the fighter in that position. Because if I'm Al Jermaine, he made the smart decision, whether he, he was acting or wasn't, because like like the the viewer said, like now you have pay-per-view points, you have the fact that he can put on his resume that he is a former or current UFC champion. There really is no incentive for Aljamain to continue fighting. What reason, besides the fact that he is a warrior or this is what he does, financially, career-wise, like he's pretty much guaranteed himself another Yon fight, or for some reason they decide not to go with another Yon fight, he's going to have another title fight next. That's guaranteed. So there's no incentive for him not to. Um, I, I just think they need to, to really look at that and not put the onus in the, in the hands of the fighter there. Biggie, can't wait. I, I, I understand what you're saying completely. Does that mean that Anthony Smith made the dumbest decision ever? That, that, that's the issue. I mean, and, and I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, but then we also go, well, Anthony Smith, he's a warrior. He he took this shot, but he no, he continued the fight. But I guess like being a warrior doesn't pay your bills. You know, you know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't keep your career uh, escalating. Uh, so I get it. As as fans, we so we sink our teeth into that narrative of man, look at this guy who did things the right way, and sure he didn't get the win, but we applaud him. But he goes home at night. He doesn't have more money because of it. His career is not in a better position because of it. So it's great for us as fans. We love it. But it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for him. Not really. Completely agree. And with your point that it shouldn't be up to the fighters, if anyone hasn't watched it after this stream, go watch it. Our own Damon Martin sat down for 40 minutes with Aljamain Sterling. And Aljamain Sterling is in complete agreement. He goes, it shouldn't be up to me. Because if, if you ask me right up, I'm going to say I can fight. He doesn't know a single fighter that says, I don't want to keep fighting. It should be up to the referee. It should be up to the cornermen, doctors, whatever. I also think there should be no time if someone gets blasted in the face. Like all time, like counter. Like five right. minutes, I want to see him 100%. I don't care how long it takes to clear him in there. But I agree with you. Uh, it's just a disappointing situation all around. Uh, and to Alzheimer also wants to clear up that he's not posting stuff with the belt. Those are all his friends. He thinks his, his own words were, I think the, the belt is collecting dust until we run it back. 
That was his phrasing. Someone on Twitter also wants to know, if Peter Young wins the rematch, does that set up the trilogy fight? I guess it depends on the nature of that fight. If it's, an, if it's another close one and it's controversial, if he goes out there and he, he finishes uh, Aljo in the first round, then let's move on. But 135, maybe next, uh, maybe 155, I, I'd say it's still the premier division in, in MMA. But 135 is stacked. And you got so many guys who deserve that opportunity. And now we're holding up this title. And that, that's another issue, too. Uh, that, that's what bothers me is that 135 just has so many intriguing matchups. And now we're just kind of stuck in this quagmire trying to figure out what we're going to do with Jan and Sterling. Yeah, I think the three the three most stacked divisions right now, in no particular order, 135, 155, 170. And I think the thing about 170 is no one in the top five has fought each other outside of Kamara Usman has beaten them all. And then the top five at Bantamweight, if you want to argue that it's better than the top five at Lightweight, I'm not going to argue against you. But I do think 155 is probably still the premier division. But at 2020, man, Bantamweight. Like, we're talking about the whole world, not just the UFC, because there's a bunch of killers of Bantamweight in Bellator, Rise, and One, and all. Because technically, Demetrius Johnson fights 135 over in one right. championship. If you was in the UFC and you want to throw Demetrius Johnson in there against these Bantamweights, like, sign me up. Too bad that's not happening. Also, someone says, uh, Casey, your audio is a little low. Oh, it is? Okay. I will, I, will, I will speak closer to the mic. Thank you. What do you think about the uh, TJ Dillashaw possibly getting a title shot on his return, Big? Uh, I, I don't love it. I don't love it. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, one thirty-five. There's so many guys who've been active, and I'd love to. See, I'd like to see him get one more. I'd be cool with him having a, like a number one contenders fight and moving on. As as to who that would be against, uh, it's pro it's most likely Sanhagen. I think Sanhagen's done enough already. He's he's has back to, he's wheel kicked Marlon Moraes and then flying need Frankie Edgar. His last loss, he got put to sleep against Algermain. That's the only knock against him. So if Jan had won, Jan Sanhagen all the way, but now because like Corey Sanhagen's probably the second biggest loser after the third biggest loser after this. Because now he has to wait longer. So the Dillashaw fight, I think, is the one to make. Yeah. If it gets him paid, I'm cool with it. I think Sanhagen has done enough right now, winning spectacularly. Um uh, but yeah, I'm not mad at that. But yeah, I, I don't like the idea of Dillashaw coming off of a two-year suspension going right into a title fight. Just doesn't feel good at all. Biggie, I like I like what you said too about uh, it being a DQ. Like I have no issue with Jan getting the loss um, and uh, no, the actual L on his record and uh, Aljo getting the W. But I really wish with a DQ, the belt had become vacant rather than uh, mm. uh, uh, Aljo becoming the champion. Because I, really, I really think that's the issue here. People just don't like the idea of Aljo being the champion. They, I think him winning, yeah. the, getting, the, getting the technical, you know, he got a W on his record. That's whatever. We can deal with that. But the belt means something. So I think, I, I just think that's the issue. And if they rematch for a vacant belt, I think that kind of solves a lot of problems. Completely. Um, I guess as an Aljo fan, I, I, the one thing that makes me kind of okay with it is I, I'd like to see all fighters get paid more, but to see oh. him get points is a good thing. But I, I agree with you completely because I'm wrapping the I'm taking out the financial stuff. I'm just talking right, more right, about right. Yeah. the financial stuff, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah. But I, no, I'm, I'm with you completely because winning that title should mean something. And I think it devalues the title when you see someone win based on a DQ. And, and honestly, if, if it was 
Sterling just really putting it on Jan, and then the knee happens, then I'd be maybe a little bit more okay with it. But when you see that the tide was kind of turning and it looked like if that fight was going to go five rounds, I'd probably give that fight to Jan. 100%. That's yeah, that that's the part that makes it even more yeah, hard I, I, to digest. I said this on Twitter because if when a when a DQ when an illegal strike that ends the fight happens, you go to the scorecards, and if say Jan who was winning the fight was up on the scorecards, but he threw the illegal strike, then it becomes a DQ or no contest. And, but if it was the other way around, and it's just like, sorry, I'm, I'm game time. So if Aljo, wait, if Aljo, if Aljo was, threw the, if Aljo, if Aljo was the, winning, if Aljo was winning it, well, you know what I'm saying. I got lost in my head. I? <laughs> I like what you brought up about the vacant title because remember, like if, if, when Jinyu Fry missed weight as the reigning champion in Invicta, they mm-hmm. took her belt away. The, the, yeah. the belt, like you miss weight as a champion, the belt is vacated. So it's something I hadn't, I hadn't pondered. But yes, you're right. I don't disagree with that. All right. Thank you very much. Oh wait, did we? Uh, yeah, we got it all. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. One more, one more question about uh, Jan. From Tristan Gordet on the site, Jan's confusion after watching the video dialogue between Jan's coach and Jan himself for for the illegal knee strike. Isn't every coach on the fighter staff clarified about the rules before entering the octagon, including Jan himself? How can there be confusion? Case in point, if you remember the fight between Vicente Luca and Randy Brown, Luca clearly knew the rules, knowing that both hands of Brown were on the mat, making him a down fighter. Luca lifted Brown up where his hands were, were then off the mat. Thus, it was a legal throw, legal to throw a strike. I think that's another argument that Aljamain Sterling has. Is like the referee goes in there and breaks it down. Like we've seen the video of Herb Dean like holding a piece of paper behind the head and he goes, anything the paper's touching is illegal, like hands down, palms down. I don't know if it was a tra- uh, if it was a lost in translation with Jan's Russian to English, but it is a legitimate argument that even TJ Dillashaw brought up. Like how can you be a champion and not know the rules? Yeah, I, I agree. And that seems like it should be pretty obvious. Us as fans, when, when we watch it live, and I get it's different being in the heat of the moment, but we know the rules. But I do think one of the issues, too, is that there's no – the rules aren't uniform from state to state. That's one of the things that I don't like is I wish – and I get there are different state commissions, but I feel like the rules for grounded fighters should be the same across the board, whether we're in Tuscaloosa or whether we're in Paris. Like, I feel like the rules should be the same. But I understand, too, that's not necessarily in the hands of the UFC because you have all these state commissions. You have commissions elsewhere. And uh, that's one of the things that I I don't know if that contributed to any kind of confusion here. But um, that that's one of the things that it rubs me the wrong way to the rules being different in different states. See, but you're making sense, Biggie. And one of our mottos on the sport is MMA doesn't make sense. <laughs> MMA is a silly world. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what we say in wrestling, too, so I, I get yeah, it. You know? How do you handle this, Big I mean, you know, you wrestle one match in one city, the next match, this guy brings out a table and a chair. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, come on. It's, it's so confusing, you know? <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. The, the rules change by the day. We throw logic out the window. Where I work, logic has no meaning. We just we just dismiss it. So. Oh, you work in MMA, I guess. All right, cool. Yeah, it's all the same. There you I'm um, glad this guy brought up the Luke Cave fight too yeah. because no, that, no, that's uh, a great, I had to remember. Well, yeah. But actually, but I want, I'm, I'm glad he brought that up too because 
this is to me this another issue. This just shows shows me how kind of stupid the rule is. Because if the rule is made to protect a fighter, so really I'm just gonna lift you up and throw the same dang strike like that somehow makes it safer. It's just a uh, to me it's the the way the rule is written. It's very dumb. I just don't like the idea that one knee on the ground versus right here. You can hit me. You can't hit me. Champion. Yeah. Lose the belt. Right. You know. Right. I just, that's but that's a whole nother. Ugh. Well, the, there there are also people who say like we have way too many rules in MMA and that it all it should all be legal. Let's bring back soccer kicks. Let's bring let's bring it all back because it is it's like how far do you get away from the purity of fighting and fight sports when you have all of these rules? Even like I know Rogan will always talk about the fact that football you field. know. Yeah, the football field, he talks about that. He talks about not breaking guys in the clinch, that it shouldn't matter if fans are bored. Like, So these are all things that I think are, are interesting topics, you know, because it, it is a fight. And there, there's cert, there should be certain rules. Like, I don't want to see guys have their eyeballs hanging from their face because they've been gouged out. But should a, a knee, should that be a thing? If I'm, you know, can I, should I be able to throw a knee while you're on your knees? I don't know. I remember talking to Joe Silva, the UFC matchmaker, years ago, and he was talking about how um, early in early UFCs, uh, groin shots were legal. Oh, yeah. Groin shots were legal. And, but, he, but he also said, but you know what? You protected yourself then. If you got hit in the groin, all of a sudden you keep fighting. That's, that's part, part of your tactics. That's part of your tactics, and you, 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 you adjust for that, you know? And I think that creates a lot of problems with knee on the ground because – um, in our interview that Damon Martin did of Aljamain, he said, well, that position, I don't have to protect my head, you know? And so because it's, 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 it would be illegal to illegal throw this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it just kind of goes against what the entire sport is about. You know, like it's a fight and you're literally kind of manipulate. I'm not blaming Aljo on this, but it's just the way the rules are. He can manipulate the rules and the position of yourself. So I can rest in this position. And Peter Yan was like, I can't, well, I mean, there's your face and I've been training my whole life to punch people in the face, but for some reason right now I can't. So I completely mm -hmm. like, get why Jan did it. And the whole idea, like he doesn't know the rules. Well, you know who people consider the greatest fighter ever? John Jones. His only loss comes from breaking the rules. And we go back to Anthony Smith's situation. That could have been his second loss from breaking the rules. So that a, a champ doesn't know the rules. I just... I, I don't like that narrative because I, I think, you know, yeah. it just doesn't Also, it goes ref to ref depending on what they enforce and not too, unfortunately. Because like Aljamain Sterling said, he goes, when's the last time we've had a point deduction for a groin shot? Like if I'm not afraid of losing a point, why don't I just run out and blast the guy in the junk right away? And now he's affected the whole fight and I have nothing to worry about. I just get a warning? Like, come on. But some. Right. But who's the ref that – that did we get a point deduction on the Cyril Gone fight card? Or was it the uh, – they broke him up fairly early. The, the De La Rosa, uh, not De La Rosa. Yeah, the the uh, yes, the, yeah, Montana name. De La Rosa, right? I forgot her opponent's name. Montana, yeah. Uh, but she 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 dominated the fight. But th there was one takedown at the beginning of the fight where she grabbed the cage and they took right. an entire and point immediate, uh, and, which made the fight a draw. Even though De La Rosa's like by the end of the fight, her like you know, her eyeball is basically hanging out of her face. <laughs> um, there you go. She, but. It's weird. I'm all for half point deductions, but that's a whole nother. I agree. <laughs> sure, sure. We could talk about this for an hour. Yeah, all the rules we all want right, change. Right. Anyway, thanks for the question, Tristan. Uh, Long time commenter. All right, all right. How many uh, comments does he have? Like fifty. Yeah. He usually drops a million. <laughs> in. 
The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <laughs> Dustin, Con- <laughs> Dustin Connor 3 from Key of D Minor on the site. I'm increasingly concerned that Dustin Connor 3 will be for the belt. Oh, don't put that out in the ether. This makes me sick. Please convince me I'm wrong. If they pull this stunt at hardcore fans, organize an effective boycott. You <laughs> pay attention. A, no, because Dustin Connor 3 is going to make a lot of money. And if they put a belt on the line, it's going to make even more money, probably. But I don't. I actually don't think Dustin Carnathy will be for the belt. Uh, but, E, what's your thoughts on this hypothetical nightmarish scenario that this commenter left on? I I guess if you're a fan of, of doing things the right way and being fair, then I'm, I'm right there with you because it, it should not be for the, the for the belt. But can, can we also uh, leave this poor man, uh, Khabib, alone? Can we let him retire? <laughs> can, we, can we formally strip him of the title or, you know, it's like, I feel like the division just needs to move on. Like we talked about uh, lightweight being the premier division in the UFC. I feel like that will allow a little bit more normalcy in trying to determine where we are with this division and, and who's actually going to fight for the title. And I, I think that's also helping to muddy things. I don't want to see Connor Dustin three uh, for the title next I'd love to see Connor get one more win, but he's also Connor McGregor, who has the biggest name in the sport. It'll, if we look at the UFC as a business, that's the right business decision because it'll, it'll do way more pay-per-views than any other uh, Dustin fight would. It's, it's pretty obvious. So uh, I'm okay with it. I I'll, I'll enjoy the fight. Like it's not something that would cause me, it's not worth striking over. There's so many other things in MMA (laughs) that are worth striking over. This isn't it. Let's pick another battle, you know, pay other other things worth griping over this isn't it i don't want to see this next but i'll watch it and i'll i'll be excited about it yeah i think that fight will probably happen in may or june if they go back to fight island uh in abu dhabi or singapore wherever they want to go if it was up to you if you were the matchmaker e which two lightweights do you want fighting for and we're gonna say vacant because i'm with you habib's not the champion and even though Dana White is – he's not ma- – also, he's not making 155 anytime soon. He was walking around Fight Island in the Fighter Hotel. 
He's a big Dude's boy. not a cruiserweight. <laughs> Dude is not fighting for the cruiserweight title in the WWE anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, man, my man Oliver is just getting pushed aside, and he's been on a hell of a run. So give give me, man. That's Dustin Oliveira is that's a fight, man. That's that's the fight. That's, that's the fight to make that makes sense. And I think Dustin will fight Connor next. And if it's if that's the case, I wouldn't hate Chandler versus Oliver or Gagey versus Oliver. Either one I'm fine with, or if they want to do Chandler, Gagey, number one contender fight, fights Dustin or whatever, I'm fine with that too. Again, I just want Lightweight to be active. Yeah, same. I they're not gonna do this, but I'd love a tournament, man. Give me give See, me a good old fashioned eight man lightweight again, tournament. You're make again, you're making sense, man. Or even a six man tournament guys. I know, I know. They're not gonna do it, but the division is so much fun. And there's so many guys who are right there. And you mm-hmm. could say who could you who you could see holding a title that uh that would be a ton of fun. It really would. Biggie, I, I know we're on the other side. I'm, a, I'm on the other side of the country from you right now, but I just want to hug you. Once this pandemic's over, we're all vaccinated. I'm giving you a big hug. I owe you one. <laughs> I owe you one. Yeah, There's uh, someone, on, someone on Twitter put this scenario together that the tournament should be to fight Dustin. Dustin has already secured himself in title shot. And he thinks Oliver should fight Chandler slash Gaethje. And then the winner of that fight fights Poirier for the vacant belt. So it's a it's a tournament to fight Poirier, I'm which okay I am all in favor for. Justin's done enough. He really has. Mm-hmm. And I, that last, the Dustin Connor fight, uh, I don't know if Connor deserved the title shot, but it should have been for the title. And I, it's a bit bizarre to me that Khabib has... It's interesting to hear Dana's comments and then to also hear to to see the interviews that I've seen from Khabib, he sounds very much like a man. He's who, over it. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job coaching. He was in in Islam's corner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he seems to really enjoy that. Uh, I know he's also talked about starting his own uh, yeah, organization. Uh, Eagle Eagle Fight Fighting Championship. Sorry, just kicked off. Right. Uh, so he seems to have a lot of other irons in the fire, um, and he's doing a great job. It seems at those. Uh, let's let the man do what he wants with his career. He's given us enough. So I'd love to see the division move on. And let's officially, I, I like that idea. Let's let, you know, uh, let's let Poirier sit and, you know, rest up. And let's let the rest of the division clear itself up and, and make that title fight. He was also, uh, Habib was also in the corner of Umar Nurmagomedov on Fight Island because now people are calling for Habib to be the early front runner for coach of the year. 2021 because he's two and zero. He was also the translator for Umar, and uh, we had the media had some fun with that. And what people don't didn't see is I'm sure you saw the video. If you haven't, it's on our site of Connor arriving to on Fight Island in the Fighter Hotel. He's walking through without a shirt and like his Gucci pants, holding his son. Right around the corner was Habib collecting an award for the submission of the year, and we were about ten feet away. From Habib and Connor crossing paths in the hotel with with Connor holding his kid and Habib holding an award for a submission mm-hmm. of the year, which I know the UFC security was like, Habib, can you just wait like two seconds? Something is happening. We're not going to tell you what's happening, but we don't want this situation on our hands right now. Yeah, but I was like yeah. right in the middle. And I was like, please let it happen. Like I had my camera. <laughs> I was ready to go. Chaos, it was fun. Chaos, like chaos. we didn't see it. I had my you just want to see the world burn. <laughs> Dude, I was there. I was all there for it. They purposely, because Umar was supposed to fight on the Connor Dustin card, and they moved him to the Wednesday card because they didn't want that 
interaction right. happen but, but anyway this, but this is nice connor this is non non shit oh connor. my fault this is, this is this is good fight dustin connor <laughs> so who knows what would have happened i don't know this is dad connor yeah dad are, are, are we, anyway. are, do we do do we like nice connor i i'm all for him growing as a person if we're just into sheer entertainment it's not the same i'm not as entertained uh but i also don't want to see him continue to dig himself in this hole whether it's the stuff with the um the stuff the court stuff that's yeah. really a lot of that stuff is real dark and and i don't know if all that's cleared up yet so i i hope for his sake as a fan i want to see him move his life in a great direction, but also as a fan, us we, we don't want to we don't care about any of that. We want to see destruction <laughs> and chaos. We want to see we want to hear stories of Mike Tyson doing coke uh, at all hours of the morning, and then going you know that's that's what entertains us. But also as a performer, I want to see fellow performers, people in entertainment and sports, get their lives together. So I'm I'm you know I don't know how exactly to feel. Yeah, I think the problem because there's like because there's like like you said like kind of dark stuff that you know we don't need to get into. But like, 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 I loved when Chell took his losses. Chell was still claiming he was undefeated. You know, I, I love stuff like that. But, but, but fortunately for Chell, there was no like, you know, it was just all like in cage stuff. But, right, yeah. He's uh, Floyd Mayweather said that like, Connor's taking his, his path. He's caught him because remember when he was Pretty Boy Floyd, and then he went to Money Mayweather, and he was talking all that greasiness and throwing his money around and just burning. Remember, he was burning money. On one of the twenty, on like the the countdowns or whatever, and now I can write a Floyd Mayweather promo. Hell of a fighter, super talented, young buck, old lion, all that kind of stuff, and he's super complimentary because he knows you're gonna buy it regardless. Maybe right. Connor's doing that too. I don't know. Yeah, good point. All right. Do, do, do. MMG 2K20, some quickies. Being a hardcore casual with zero knowledge regarding anything to do with fighter financials, how much do you think Glover roughly got paid from the UFC covering only his fight camp costs compared to what he would have got if they paid him show money? Second question, should Aljo embrace the hate and turn, quote, heel, claiming to be a rightful champ and telling everyone else to shove it? Also, do you guys believe in the six-shirt curse? Just kidding. I'll address the last one at the end, but... Uh, I have absolutely no idea what Glover Jarrett got paid. Dana White's already said they covered his camp. Or no, our own Guillermo Cruz said, reported that they covered his camp costs, but they didn't give him a show money or anything. So I don't know how much his camp costs. I'm not going to try and guess. But I'll let you take this one. Did Aljo just go full heel and just walk around with the belt and declare himself the champion? Well, this is my area of expertise. And here's the problem. When, when you're determining heel and babyface roles is you have to know who your opponent is. His opponent is a frightening Russian man named Pyotr, Pieter, I don't know how to pronounce it, Jan. And so if, if Aljo wants to turn heel, he needs to do it against a guy who can be a babyface. Uh, I like Jan. I'm thoroughly entertained by him. I don't find him to be like the, the guy we can get behind as a babyface. So I would say, no, I think Aljo is our babyface. He's, he's a charismatic guy. He comes out with the gold dookie chain. He's got the sweet sort of like high top pro. That's our babyface, man. Let, let's not, I'd, I'd be okay with the heel turn. If maybe like Sanhagen, I think is a babyface, we could all get behind. Maybe we do a bit of a, a turn there. I think with our opponent, if our next opponent is going to be on, if I'm the booker here, I say we, we fight it. 
let's keep our baby face uh, Sterling here and let's let Jan be the, the scary Russian man who knocks people's heads off. Um, I just don't, I, I will say it felt like Aljo had a lot of goodwill and I'm not saying this is his fault by any means. Um, and he was a guy that I thought a lot of people got behind and it's, it's been kind of, it's kind of hurt me a little bit to see the way things have unfolded. And now people have kind of soured on him because of things that aren't really his fault. Agreed. Casey, what do you got? Should you go full heel? Cause you know, Chael Sonnet has said, number one, John Jones's toe ripped in half. And if he had gone out, if, if they had noticed that and he had survived to the next round, you know, he would have gotten hurt and lost. Chael would have been champ. You know, Chael would have walked around with the belt. You know what? Of but course. That's, that's Chael. And very, very few professional fighters can, can pull that sort of acting off. Um, you know, and, 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 and I kind of, that's, and that's why I love MMA and that's why I love pro wrestling. But I don't, I kind of don't love them when they're the same. And I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want Aljo not to be himself. I, I don't mind fighters being maybe like exaggerations of themselves, but to be just, just a, a lie. I, I don't, I just don't think, I don't think Aljo's a good enough actor to do that for <laughs> months and months at a time. Chell, it's in him. You know, he just has that in him. Sure. I, I just, I think Aljo, it's just not, it's not natural. And um, that's why I don't like it. But it's fun. It's fun to think about, though. It's it's kind of it's kind of fun to think about. But um, it is fun to think about. Unfortunately, that's why this is MMA. You know that we have pro wrestling. We have MMA. We have no. I I just think they're two different things. Right. And to address the six shirt curse, don't put that in the ether, Big E. I don't know if if you watched the press conference when Izzy and Megan Anderson said six shirt to one of the reporters at the press conference. That was this guy, and apparently they both lost. Well, they did lose. So don't. This isn't a Sean Alshadi curse that plagued MMA fighting for years, where everyone he would write about would lose their next fight. So what don't start that. Uh, yeah, well, anyways, I don't know if you know this, but Megan's a, a pro wrestling fan. We actually connected a while ago. Yeah. We had a show in Kansas City and met up. And uh, I, she's she's a sweetheart of a human being and one incredible person. And uh, I, I root for her. So it was, it was a big bummer to see. But, man, Amanda is just the greatest to ever do it. And it's mm-hmm. not even, like, close in women's MMA. Not even close and we're, we're getting this is a whole nother discussion but do we even i think we need to take her out of that women's mma bubble and start like saying are we putting oh, her 100%. up against the gsps and and the the bones is because I, I don't know because you start asking yourself you know level of competition and that's another debate but her resume when it's all said and done i think is going to be one that you can stack up against some of those top men and it's an interesting game once you start moving her out of that because the women's MMA thing's not, it's not, she's, she's blown by because it's not even a question anymore. Okay. You know, I think she's got to fight Juliana Pena next because a, we, we talked about this on between the links uh, yesterday, Juliana, like we talked about the pro wrestling angles and everything. Amanda has never had a foil like that can verbally yell at her. Like she's never had someone that she can be a, like Rhonda didn't do media, didn't help her. And then who she fought after that? Raquel Pennington, Holly, GDR, Felicia Spencer, Megan. Like the Cyborg one could have been it. But then Cyborg went to Bellator. She's never had that heated rivalry that Anderson had Chael. You know, Camaro has Colby and Masvidal. Like you need that. Like now we can even we're even talking about Aljo and Jan kind of being rivals right now. I think Amanda needs to fight Julian. A because Casey said this a few times too, Juliana's wrestling is so good for in women's MMA that man, we want to see Amanda on her back. 
not just knocking people. We want to see what she can do in these spots that we haven't seen her. So I think Juliana is the fight to make. And I think if she beats her, then it's no one else out there for her. Do you have, you don't have any other, do you have an appetite at all for a third Shevchenko fight? Oh, of course. But I think the UFC is leaning more towards Zhang Valentina than Valentina Amanda. But I'm never like, those are the two best female fighters in the world, without a doubt. I actually think Valentina won the second fight uh, in Edmonton. And she was on her way to winning the first fight if it was five rounds. I think if that fight had sold better, pay-per-view wise, I think Dana would be pushing it a lot more. But I think I think that, that pay-per-view just... The second one, which I think was in Edmonton, the, original, the original main event was um, Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg, and then yep. it fell out the last day. So I'm I'm pretty confident that that pay per view did like you know zero for you know the bank accounts for Dana. So I I, I that's what Dana kind of makes his matchups by. So I think that's why we're yeah. he soured on that, unfortunately. But man, but like uh, but the going back to Pena thing, Amanda Nunes has three losses. All three of those losses were by fighters who put Amanda Nunes on her back. So that's why I think that's why I love that's why. But that's why I thought Felicia Spencer, when she fought Amanda Nunes, I thought, yeah. I, thought, I, thought that's why I, was, I thought it was going to be a competitive fight. Turns out it wasn't. But um, I think I think, yeah, Nunes, Julia Pena. And like you say, she needs a foil. Julia Pena isn't afraid to talk all sorts of crazy smack. Doesn't even make sense, but she'll just say it and whatever. <laughs> and that's that's her. That's her. She doesn't mind being the hill because that's it's natural, you know. So uh, I like the I, I like the idea Juliana presented where they're both new moms that they fight on Mother's Day weekend. I like that idea. Ooh, not bad at that. Also, uh, our good friend Matt Wells, who's been on the show before, had wanted to chime in on the whole champion disqualification thing. He said, "Disagree on the vacant belt if the champ is DQ'd. If the champ is clearly losing." He could just go out there, ruin the moment for the challenger, and get himself DQ'd, and all of a sudden he still, and all of a sudden he doesn't lose the belt. No, so no, if I, Jan was getting, if Jan was getting cooked up, he could just go out there and just junk kick Aljamain and get himself disqualified. That's what I was saying. If he's down, if we go to the scorecards, if you're down in the scorecards, it is a straight loss, not a like sure. you lose the belt. But if you're up in the scorecards, the belt doesn't. Like, like if it was like a, like, a, like a no decision or a no contest. Sure, rather. sure, sure. But, I know. think he's more talking about the belt changing hands. He says he Matt says title should always go to the winner regardless of how it happened. Matt Wells, get out. Sure, here. Matt Wells. Get out <laughs> See, he's from Dallas. I'm from Houston, so his oh, opinion, his opinion means zero. Is that the thing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anime. Thank you for the question and creating this curse. MMG two K twenty. Let's not make that a thing. Benavidez is being an elite flyway. Another one from Tristan Gordet. Are Joseph Benavidez's days over as far as contending against the elites in the flyweight division? We know he won't be able to compete for a title, and he did look somewhat competitive against Askarov, but also looked outclassed. Casey, I'll start with you because you're really good friends with Joe. He's lost to who? Figueredo and Askarov, who were one in three. One in three. That doesn't make him, an, that, you know, he's still yeah. going to be competitive. He's still going to be competitive. He just lost. He's not a top three flyweight, but what were your thoughts? This has always kind of been my big, I don't know, problem with prize fighting, and I never really understood. Like, say in like NBA, you're an all-star for your first four or five seasons, and then you finish your career, you know, riding the bench or whatever. In prize fighting, it seems like once you're a champ or once you get that top five level, you're never allowed to be top 15 or top 10. You can only be that person. And... Like, like for Joseph Benavides, I think he was, you know, for his whole career, he's been a top, you know, 
five two. fighter. Top one, top two, yeah, fighter. two top two fighter. I think now at his at his age and you know, the game, the the rest of the flyweights, you know, have kind of caught up to him. I think he's a he's a solid top ten guy. Um, if you want to call a top ten elite, you know, that's up to you. But um, like I did, like oh, Benavides is done. Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't, I I wouldn't put money on him winning a title or even fighting for a title. But he's still competitive. He. He fought maybe the second best flyweight out there. We don't know. And that's all. It's just he lost the fight. He still went 15 minutes of a guy that came in overweight. And um, That's true. Yeah. And, un- and, 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 and until Joe B loses to, you know, some rando contender series guy, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. If, if, he, if he wants to fight, you know, of course, he's not going to make as much money. No, you're not at the very, very top. But if it's worth his time and worth the damage to his body and everything like that, then yeah, go for it. You know, um, yep. I think just because you're not number one, just because you used to be number two, but you're not number two anymore. Doesn't mean you're, you have no value, I guess. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think the only, when we make the NBA parallel, the only thing that comes to mind is I think when, when fans notice that there is a diminishment of skills is now you start wondering about damage, damage accumulated. And now the damage that he might take and not that he's been, in a ton of wars, especially recently, it's been, you know, uh, and, and I agree, man, he looked competitive against Askarov. He doesn't look shot at all. Um, that's the only concern. I think he's, he's such a likable guy. I've never met him. I don't know him, but I root for him. And uh, I, uh, I definitely think, I think you're right. I think he beats a lot of guys from that five to 15 range. I still, he's probably like the fourth or fifth best in, in that division right now. Um, but he's just not, you know, a top, three guy. And I, I don't think he doesn't look like a guy like a BJ Penn at the end of his run where you're like, yeah. get this guy out of him. Get, you know, stop, stop booking him. It's not that at all. Um, and, and who, you know, who knows, maybe he makes some adjustments in his game um, and can make another run. I agree with you. I don't foresee it happening, but I, when I watched him fight uh, Askarov, I didn't think that he was a guy who needed to hang it up. Yeah. yeah Cause if you look at Askarov's record, he, his only blemish is his draw to Brandon Moreno, who just fought to a draw against the champion in one of the best fights I've ever seen. So, yeah, Joe B's not going – also, I like what you said. You never met him, but he seems like a nice guy. I don't think there's a single person in MMA that has a, something negative to say about Joe B. I think he's one of the few universal, universally loved individuals in the entire sport. He is, he's a great guy. He just might not be the second best flyweight in the world, which is like it's like well, we were just talking about a man Nunes. People saying like Felicia Spencer is not this not a good fighter. Who has who are only two losses to? Chris Cyborg <laughs> and Amanda Nunes, and she beat everyone else. She right. lost to the two greatest female fighters of all time. Oh, and, and I, then everyone else. She just ha- sucks, right? And I hate fans that say, "Oh, she sucks." Like, dude, if I'm the number, if I'm the third best, whatever in the world. I am very happy with what I've done in my life. Like, oh, exactly. I'm the third best guy talking into a random microphone. I did it, man. I, I succeeded in life. So, right. so yeah, I just, I, I just, I don't know. I even, I asked Dana and not to, this wasn't a knock at Joe B, but because like we've seen Dana say, I need to have that conversation with Tyron. I need to have that conversation with Junior. Like he's had, he's brought this up a lot. So I said, do you have to have the conversation with Joe? Just to be like to give because I didn't want Dana to just not get away with not talking about it. He's like, no, he's still. I'm not having that conversation with Joe. So even Dana wants to see him keep fighting. So yeah, he's not going anywhere. Just not for a title. Yeah, I but I do think the big question Joe B has to ask himself though, you know, we are fighters. You know, if you're not if you don't think if you're not fighting for to be the best, why are you doing it? Can 
can he sustain that level of intensity and training and commitment to the sport knowing you're not the best when for, for yeah. most of his career, you, you've always, no, you've always believed you were the best and, you know, on the right night, he could have been the best, you know, he just didn't win those fights against Demetrius Johnson, but he earned his shot to get, to get those fights. Is he going to be okay with basically being, being a high level gatekeeper? You know, because that's how that's how the UFC is going to basically book him. I think from now on, it's like, well, if you want to fight for the title, you got to beat a guy like Joe B, which I think which the ask the Askarov fight was. You know, you got to be a guy like Joe B if you think you're good enough to fight for the title. So that's what I guess Joe B has to ask himself if if, if that's if if he's okay for that in his career. Because I think a guy like say like Andre Arlovsky, even like Overing before he was um, released. Um, that's what the UFC was using it has, you know, when the guys like Walt Harris was fighting him, he was like, well, you need to beat guys like Overeem to get to that next level. And it seems like, you know, these guys are okay. Cause they're still making good paychecks. They're still enjoying the sport. So that's, I think that's questions for Joe B to ask himself. Well, Biggie, you got anywhere to be? You want to keep chatting? Usually- let's go. Let's keep going. Let's, yeah. keep, let's keep going. That's what I like to hear. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Criticism, Ratchik Versantos, another one from Tristan. You think the criticism by the broadta- broadcast team was warranted for the fight between Santos versus Ratchik? The Ratchik approached the fight way too cautiously. So I'm going to be honest, when you're backstage in the media room, they usually mute the broadcast because fighters are coming in for interviews. So I heard none of the broadcasts for this. So you two gentlemen watched it. What did you make of that? What did you make of the criticism in that fight, I guess, from the broadcast team? Um... I suppose there's there's just um, at 205 you you want a little bit more action uh, and I th- I feel like if you have a, a similar fight I'd say 35 or 45 there isn't the same amount of criticism I, I didn't have a, a massive problem with it I, I think the expectation is just a little bit higher because I I don't want to watch a decision at 205 or heavyweight for the most part you know those fights they they, they don't tend to be that entertaining but at, at lighter weights i'm more okay with it so i, I think the standards just a little bit different i didn't think the criticism was um i thought it was fairly warranted i suppose i i don't know i'm kind of on the fence with it i'm i didn't have a problem with it okay so your thoughts you've been openly critical of rogan rogan's broadcast in recent years was he unfair in this one uh i believe so um i think uh because they they 
they everyone kind of goes both ways on these things. They go, you know, MMA winning is all that matters. You just gotta get that W. But then when guys get this W and it's not a boring W, then they're like, well, you gotta entertain the fans. It's like, well, yeah, I, I get we want both all the time, but these are super high level fighters. Santos is crazy dangerous. Rakic is really good, and Rakic made it his type of fight. You know, I think we wanted this the, the kind of the Santos Jimmy Manuel Jimmy, Jimmy Manuel fight, just like this crazy brawl and stuff. But like, but that's how that's how guys get knocked out by Santos. So I don't. So for Rakic, it's like he's not. Rakic is not in the entertainment business. He's in to get that W business. And to me, like right. if he knocks out, if he knocked out Santos in the first round, he's still in the same position. He's not getting a title shot next. He won. He fought 15 minutes with a very dangerous gentleman, and he moves up the ladder, and he's going to fight another guy that's going to be just as tough. And then that, I think that, that Rakic did it smart. I mean, unless you're going to pay, I mean, and the way the pay structure is, you know, going back to the pay structure, you know, you by 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 incentivizing 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 that word um these guys to you know double their paycheck by getting that w you're you're actually telling them get the w not fight entertaining so sure especially and nothing's guaranteed like that 50 extra 50 grand that's not guaranteed and 50 grand still in the end of the day with worth the risk of the knockout or the crazy you know brain damage you might get from trying to get a fight of the night that you're not guaranteed either it's, that's just not worth it. Get that W. Your con- next pay goes up higher. You know, you're higher on the card. So, um, yeah, I thought Rakic fought great. He fought he fought like he's supposed to. And yeah. sorry, fans. I, I, know, yeah. I, know you paid my, I know you paid your pay-per-view money for someone to get knocked out, but... I think... I know. I think it might have been like what you said at the very beginning. The prelims were bananas. And it was and such a long this, card. It was such a long card. It was a, it was a long card. The prelims were bananas and violent. And I just think people were like, oh, let's keep up this knockout pace. Yeah. And then when you get someone like Santos and Rochick, like because also and he fought the same way against Anthony Smith. Yeah. And then had the split loss to Vulcan. And then he had to go back, what, two years for his like head kicking as Jimmy. So I just think people were expecting that. But win is a win. He's not going to fight for the title next. So that's going to be Glover. But and, and, maybe – and sorry, we're the idea that you have to be exciting to move the ladder. Jan, Polish power at Blachowicz, um, he fought one of the most boring main events I've ever seen <laughs> against Jacques Array. And then he gets rewarded by another main event against Corey Anderson. Yeah. He got the big knockout and then he got the title fight and everything. But like the idea that it's, it's just a W. Yeah, we get we get all, that was boring. But you know what? We we forget it in like 15 minutes. So. Right. No, I'm sorry. I, like, I interrupt you, Jose. <laughs> I like Ratchik versus the winner of uh, Reyes and Jiri for the next title shot. Because Jiri and Reyes, that fight rules. It's five rounds, too. Jiri Prohaska and Dominic Reyes, and then they can fight Ratchik, Glover. Maybe the same card as Glover and yeah. or Jan and Glover, so they're all on the same timeline. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Yeah, the only reason I don't like that fight is I, I hate – I think 205 is, is a relatively shallow division, and I hate top contenders knocking each other out. Sure, sure. Um, but but it's just I'm just trying to no, see if you I, want to stay active and get a paycheck. Yeah, it's more of active, just stay active and yeah. paycheck. But I love that yeah. fight too. I actually I think I think Rakic and Yuri are the future. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't, you know, Reyes I'm, too is right there. Reyes too, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. All I, 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 is is Bellator's two hundred five pound division better than the UFC's? Ooh, well, we're going there now. Uh I so I 
I am not. I need to watch more of their two hundred five division because I've heard of. I will say I'm I'm partially ignorant here because I I'm not sure how it is top to bottom, um, but I might say yes. From I I'm I'm pleading ignorant, but I think it's worth a discussion. Let's say it's a hundred percent worth a discussion. Here I'll, I'll I'll pull up the I'll pull up the like the top light heavyweights are in Bellator are Ryan Bader, Phil Davis, Rumble, uh, Corey Anderson. Anthony Johnson. I'm also seeing a lot of former UFC fighters. Let's not forget right. that. Um, who else is in the tournament, uh, Casey? Nimkov. The Nimkov, champ. the current champion. Uh, Fedor, Fedor's uh, protege. Yeah. Uh, who, 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 uh, technically, you could throw Machida in there, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Manhoof, McGeary, and then like light heavyweight, pretty much everyone we said. So it's on par. The only the only knock I can have against Bellator is just a lot of former UFC fighters. Not a lot of homegrown right. talent. Right. But yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't seem like anyone from um from the UFC's 205 division has really emerged as a star. There's a lot of it feels like it feels like a division, I guess Jan's fought really well, but beyond that, it feels like a lot of guys who who will just kind of knock each other out. That's my impression. <laughs> you know, like they like as soon, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. a lot of guys who as soon as they get to that 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 number one contender spot, then someone else. It feels like a title that could swap hands a lot, even though Jan is yeah. really good lately. Um, it's yeah, I don't know what to make of the division. I do agree that it, it does feel shallow. You see, like a couple years ago, a guy like Johnny Walker, and you think he's the next one up, and then he's had like what two or three bad losses. He lost two in a row, and then he, j- he just got back to the win column. Right. Ankle uh, Live is someone to watch for. He's a young guy from Russia. He's he's been on a tear lately, but he hasn't fought anyone in the top five yet. So, but yeah, I'm looking at it. Jamal Hill, he's the new guy from Contender Series, right? Yeah, he, he called out John Jones after his first win. God bless so him. So at least he has, yeah. at least he has some character. Right, he's ambitious. Go big, man. Yeah, just- it's like uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Marquez or someone. He won. He got the con. He got the contender series contract, and then his first fight was on like the tough finale where Nico Montano fought Roxy, and then he goes, oh, "I want to fight Tyron Woodley next." I was like, "You're four and zero in your career, guy." But shoot for the stars. I guess. Right. One more question. Oh, UFC 262's missing main event from Andy Burton. With most of the champions being booked or fought recently, who will headline the UFC, two, UFC 262 pay per view? Maybe Man Nunes. She wants to run run around quickly. Probably Juliana Poirier McNuggets three. Some and then some more quickies we can wrap far after. But UFC 262 is in what May, right? I don't April, know. May. Yeah. UFC 262 is made. 261 is Valentin Andrade, Zhang Wiley, and Rose. I, if I'm a betting man, I say Poirier McGregor because no, you don't need a title. You can let the rest of the uh, champions play it out. E, what's your thoughts? Uh, Stipe and Francis is already booked, right? That's in two March. Weeks. That's the next pay per view in two weeks. So uh, I love Stipe, but my hope is we get a quick Francis knockout and we get him right back in there for two sixty two against John. Against John? Yes. Come on now, tell me that isn't money. I mean, I we it. said we said a few times the biggest fight they can make that's possible now that Izzy has lost is John Francis or Francis versus John if the, if he's the champion. Outside of Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, but I don't think Brock's coming back anytime soon, but. Francis John is the biggest fight they can make in the heavyweight division. I agree. I am salivating at the thought of it. Sign me up. 
Yeah, I mean, do you think John should have one fight at heavyweight first, or do you think he should skip the queue and get the title fight right away? My fear is he doesn't look great in his heavyweight fight, and now the luster for that heavyweight title fight is not really there. Because I, I don't see anyone besides Francis who I think it's a travesty if John skips the line ahead of him. Yeah. I think, yep. you know, Derek Lewis, you could argue, might deserve, but he's had a title shot not that long ago. Um, I, I worry that, especially because when you watch Bones, you watch John's last few fights, you don't see the knockout power that you might want to see at heavyweight. You see, he's still a pretty good defensive fighter, but I, I don't know. I, I worry that he goes out there and he has a number one contender fight and he looks lackluster and now we don't have the same desire to. So I say I'm okay with him skipping line in this instance, especially when you he's he's one of the greatest of all time. You can argue he's he's the best fighter who's ever done it. So yep. I think he's warranted the ability to skip the line. Yeah, strike while the iron's hot. Same argument we had for why Rumble and Romero are fighting in the first round. You don't want to lose that. So yeah, I agree with you. I also think anytime a champion changes weight class and they don't lose their belt, they have every right to skip the queue anyway. Like when TJ dropped a flyweight, skip the queue because you're still the champ. Uh, some quickies. You want to do rapid fire with these, Casey? Yeah, go for it. These uh, prediction for female and male fighter of the year. So I'm assuming 2021. That's a long way away. Yawn uh, oh, right now, probably. If Poirier goes 2-0 and against McGregor and gets the title shot, maybe. But <sighs> I have no idea. Female fighter of the year. Oh, probably Julia Pena because she'll submit new. Yeah. Right, and then they'll do a Hot rematch take. later in the year and you know, she'll, she'll, she'll submit Nunez twice. So Julia Pena, you know, by 2022, you know, Julia Pena is clearly the GOAT. But what were we thinking the whole time? There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Will Cejudo return this year? Yes or no? No. Casey? Uh, if the money is there, of course. It's just if the money is there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes because Henry Cejudo was at the the apex for this card. I think if Jan or Sterling had just won, I have a feeling Cejudo would have crashed the press conference. If Cejudo was um, maybe uh, wrestling besides this besides this gentleman in the middle of the screen right here, if Cejudo was doing that for a paycheck right now, then I would say no. But um, currently, I don't see him inside uh, a wrestling he, ring. So I yeah, after his sure. after he beat Dominic after he beat Dominic Cruz, he's like, I'll go over and wrestle Rey Mysterio. I was like, random, but okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If McGregor versus Poirier and Gaethje versus Chandler are booked, what is the most likely outcome? Islam versus Oliveira or Darius versus Oliveira? Not something I had pondered, but I'm going to say Islam just because they want, like, I think they want to push him. How, besides, like, I know they respect Darius, but I think they, the UFC is going to get behind Islam. And so they'll book him in a bigger fight than Darius. Agreed. I think Islam, Mahachev. Is probably probably the toughest guy for matchmakers to book. Who is going to accept a fight with him? RDA, because he did it twice. Yeah. But what does that do for But then Islam's in the same spot. Um, I'm personally, I don't know if you guys watched the post. I know Casey watched the stream, but we're talking about wrestlers and storylines and everything. Islam called out Tony Ferguson to settle the issues with Tony Ferguson and his camp. And his phrasing was, I want to help him retire, and I want to put this Habib Tony rivalry behind us. So, if we're talking about Islam being the next that, yeah. coming of Habib, 
go ahead. I like I had not even thought about it, but as soon as Tony Ferguson left his lips, I'm like, I'm in. Sign me up. Let's get it done. And the UFC just re- released all the old posters and just like cheaply Photoshop Islam yeah, on top 100%. of it. <laughs> just, like, just like a little like MS Paint, just scratch out the name like Macho. <laughs> That would be great. I, I'm not I'm not mad at it, even though I, I want to see one more action fight with, with Tony. Uh so I'd rather see that because I I don't I think Islam beats him kind of handily too. Islam's one of those guys, I don't know how good he is. I don't he could be he could be Habib good. I don't know, but it's it's a strong possibility he could be that good. Hundred percent. I just want to see him fight someone in the top ten. Yeah, uh, me too. All right, I think we're, I think we're good, Jose. All right, okay, actually, I got one question we, we, for we just, E. Speak chat now. Yeah. I got one question for E in case you know the question I'm going to ask. Not oh, yeah, MMA yeah. related. We've asked every single guest we've ever had on this show. Uh, if you had, this is a completely non-MMA, non-wrestling related question. Okay. Why? How did this question start, Casey? Did someone ask us this in the, in the uh, comments? I think, yeah, yeah. I think it was a. Yeah, Bro, I think it was a comment. In a hypothetical world. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I need, I need the, um, I need the, the music. Wait, here we go. Oh, okay. It's just like thinking music. Here we go. <laughs> in this hypothetical world where you can solve world hunger, and you have a Mega Man style cannon on your arm that can shoot one flavor of ice cream, what flavor do you pick to solve world hunger? And keep in mind, this is not soft serve. This is one scoop shot. So it's like boom, 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 rather than one continuous stream. What flavor are you picking to solve world hunger? Ooh, man. Let's go with Rocky Road. I think I'm That's going Rocky Road. That's a good Road. answer. That's a good answer. My, for a long time, I said cookies. <laughs> There you go. For a long time, I said cookies and cream because if you're solving world hunger, you need something with like substance in there. You don't just want like a singular flavor. Right. And that's These like Rocky. Right. Casey said mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Casey said mint chocolate chip. Bad. I'm not on the mint one. Well, I, have to see, so, okay, I, I, will I, say, I forgot it was no, about world no. hunger. I was just thinking like – I just thought of a gun. I was like, oh, the little mint, they're sharp. They can really cut people up. They're yeah, see, that. you're thinking of fighting. You're thinking of I, 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 I just went straight to strike world hunger. Like, whatever. You're thinking of weaponizing dessert. desserts. Well, you know, you solve world hunger by eliminating how many people are hungry. Right. So if you have to right, like, sure. So I said cookies and cream for a long time. And then I presented this question to Israel Adesanya and like Kai Car France and the city kickboxing team. And they come, came to a consensus that it's Neapolitan ice cream, the three flavors in one. Because then you have some for everyone. Right. Didn't hate that. Didn't hate that idea either. This is right. America. We don't compromise. Come on. Oh hmm. my fault. <laughs> but does it melt? If it melts, then it all kind of becomes one. Or how? Yeah. How does? How do we handle that? In this world, we'll say it's normal ice cream, so it melts at normal temperature. But lactose intolerance does not exist, so you don't have to worry about Fair. dietary restrictions. Right. The problem with Neapolitan is the flavors. You get three flavors in one, but they're really not that good on their own. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. Right? What did, I can't remember what Hurricane said. He said something similar to you where he came up with like the chunky idea. Pizza Carol, my former co-host, said vanilla, which is the incorrect answer. Vanilla. Um, <laughs> but there are no incorrect answers except for that vanilla. one. Yeah, that was the wrong. But he also was under pressure and he hadn't had ice cream in a long time because he has no childhood. Uh, no, no more questions, right, Casey? Oh, uh, maybe. We can we I I didn't even touch I, mean, I barely hit the YouTube comments. I'll um, ask this question because the last time you were on E, someone asked you if you could add one MMA fighter to the new day, who would you who would you add? 
your answer was either Derek Lewis or Johnny Walker. Is those still your answers? Do you have any other Ooh. names? Um, those are actually those are actually pretty good answers. Uh, man, let me think if if I would I should update this. You know, uh, Israel <laughs> Israel is an obvious choice. I'm really looking for personality here, and he's a hell of a sure. dancer. My God, what a dancer! Um, and even though you know he, he's coming off a loss, I'm still going Adesanya. To me, he's a star. He's still a star. He's got a ton of personality. He's got the hips for the job. Uh, and we need some length. All of us are like six feet or like that five, that like five nine to six yeah. feet range. We need a guy with some length. And so we'll, we'll, we'll bring uh, Izzy in for that. I'd like your Romero to come in and just give everyone motivational speeches. <laughs> go. That I love you. Go. Go. <laughs> yeah. just, go. He just stares at you. Just goes, go. Ugh. one last question question, because i think it's just kind of fun to talk about it'd be if i were were to make a biopic about a ufc legend which fighter would you want the film to focus on i personally would be down to watch a gsp biopic Ooh, i'm gonna they're currently making they're currently making one on mark kerr starring the and the rock is producing and starring in it so Oh, true, true. Oh, wow, that's a tough one, Casey. What do you do? You got you got an answer? Actually, I I I think the Mark Kerr story. I think Mark because I love the Smashing Machine. Um, I was I was actually at Mark Kerr's um uh, final fight. Uh, is uh, oh wow, yeah, when he got and they but. they're also they're making a biopic on Kimbo. I think uh, uh, was it Winston Duke? He played. He was in uh, Us and Black Panther. Black he's Panther, playing. Yeah. yeah, he's playing Kimbo. And I mean, as soon as that, as soon as that came out, I was like, killer casting right there. Yeah, um, that's actually your choice. Hmm. I guess I was thinking maybe Matt Sarah, just like it's a really, it's a Rocky, it's, you know, it's, just, it's a great Rocky story. Um, I agree. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough, you know, in his like personal life to to make it a great one. But that's it's a, yeah, yeah, it's Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood. artistic Hollywood. license, you know. <laughs> I would not hate one on just the the UFC one in general, just like the first ever event. Yeah, like a dramatization of that because there are some characters in there. Yeah, I could see Who that. Who was it? Yeah. Was, Ke- was that the one where Kimo walked out with the cross? No, I think that was like a little later, but yeah. Okay. We're going, like, just that whole we'll, we'll combine them all. We'll just, like, put the first, like, 15 shows into one show, you know, type of thing. Why not? Why not? Wait, which, okay, which, wait, which female fighter? Valentina. Valentina. I, me too. I think Valentina, too. Valentina. I was going to say Valentina. Just because I know, we know, I know nothing we know about not, her. Right. She could have the most interesting life in the world and no one knows anything about her because she travels mm-hmm. all over the world training. She's James Bond. No, I think you watch. You watch Killing Eve. You know that show, Killing Eve. I love that I, show. Incredible never seen show. It. I, th- yes. I, I think she's um, uh, Belen- uh what's the Villanelle. Villanelle. I think she's Villanelle. Yep. I think. I think. And I think fighting is just her kind of her cover. I think she's Villanelle. I think she's out there. She she goes to events across the world to say she's in an MMA fight, but really, you know, just, she, right. she's an assassin. She's an assassin. Just. Okay. Yeah. She also doesn't speak like five languages. Yeah, like assassins do. Right. <laughs> you, you might think? be onto something. Yeah, I know. Darren Till has a pretty insane life story too. Like he no. had to go to Portugal because someone—I mean, my Portugal, Brazil—because someone wanted to kill him in England, and that's why he knows Portuguese because he had to live in Brazil. You know who has Artem Lobov has a crazy story too. Like, did you know Artem is completely fluent in Spanish? I did not know that. 
Yeah, because he had to go live in Argentina for a while. Like, what? Like, why? Like, hmm. Arden would make a great, great one too. Anyway, what? And no, that's it. That's it. That's it for questions. E, Biggie or Tupac? Uh, Tupac. Oh, I'm an East Coast guy. I grew up in the East Coast, so I gotta say Biggie. I only asked that because I think it was uh, close to uh, the anniversary of Biggie's death. Uh, and yeah, Andreas. Yep, Andreas messaged me, said, ask E one thing about hip-hop, because when Andreas was on the show, there was about 45 minutes of hip-hop talk and about 15 minutes of MMA and boxing. But anyway. I believe it. I'm from Houston. I go Fat Pat. There you go. Anyway, the reason he's on the show is to plug his project. E, tell us all about Our Heroes Rock. Uh, Yeah, this is something near and dear to my heart, but essentially uh, we're starting a Kickstarter right now and the link is OurHeroesRock.org. You can click the link, you can support it, Uh, but essentially we're doing Schoolhouse Rock for important black figures. I think, you know, in schools, so many of these important people we don't learn about at an early age. We wait till college and I think black history is American history. It shouldn't just be confined to February. We want to use this vehicle of animation and sci-fi and hip-hop to tell these stories of all these important Black figures that we should all know more about and to aim it for kids. And uh, so that's our goal right now. Uh, Hit the link. Once again, it's OurHeroesRock.org. We have Rhapsody, who is a two-time Grammy nominee. She's incredible. She's going to be part of the project. Um, But it's essentially a short film that we're hoping to eventually turn into a series. But the Kickstarter link has all the information. Uh, it's something that uh, I'm working with Andreas Hale, your guy mm-hmm. who you just mentioned, uh, and my man Jonathan Davenport on this. Uh, and it's been so fulfilling and rewarding for us. And we're telling, in this short film, we're telling the story of Ruby Bridges uh, through, once again, through animation, through hip hop and science fiction. It's fun, it's interactive. And we like to think of this, the metaphor I've been using is, it's like when your parents used to give you your medicine or your vitamins and they would crush them up and they would put it in the applesauce and they would mix it in and you'd have your applesauce and you wouldn't even know it. So we want this to to be much like that. We want you to enjoy this applesauce, to be entertained and you walk away and you get your nutrients. You get some some information about someone who is really important, um, who did something very courageous and brave, integrating uh, school New Orleans in 1960. That's Ruby Bridges. So that's our hope with this series. Is we don't want to beat you over the head with education, but we want to make it fun and uh, entertaining and engaging. And so please, please support our project uh, and just click the link. Uh, OurHeroesRock.org is our Kickstarter link. We have about 30-something days to go. We've already met our goal, thanks to everyone's support, but we have a stretch goal, which will allow us to make an even better project. And uh, we've been really grateful for everyone reaching out, but uh, continue, please, to support and to back our project and also to spread the word. Yeah, let us know. But thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, I love talking MMA with you guys. It's been a pleasure. It's been too long, too. Yeah, so uh, thanks for we'll having me. We'll change that. We'll, we'll yes. get you back on again. I think you surprised Casey with your knowledge. Even he, He'll admit it himself. So you will become a regular, sir. And maybe even down the line, Casey, we can get him on between the links. Mike Heck, I don't know if you watch Around the Horn. We have our own versions of only MMA talk. Ooh, I like so it. maybe we I can like get it. maybe we maybe he can challenge someone for the BTL championship and he can get a second title. But for Jose, that's Casey, that's Biggie. You'll find this podcast on all everywhere spot everywhere podcasts are. With that, we'll see you next Wednesday. Remember, Black History Month is every month. <laughs> yes, sir. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. 
reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 